once again, um, just incredible to see all of you tonight. Uh, I'm excited that I get a few moments to, to talk to all of you. And uh, before I do, uh, I just want to take a moment to just honor our lead pastors, Pastor Chris and Pastor Jairus, and thank them for uh, making room uh, so that we could be here tonight. I'm so glad to be back uh, in this space. It means so much uh, to me to be back home here in the building. Come on, can we put our hands together and thank God for Pastor Chris and Pastor Jairus. And man, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time tonight. We're already having a good time, and uh, I'm not I'm not gonna be long, uh, but I, I do want. Uh, your undivided attention. If there's somebody standing, I'm going to ask you to go find a chair. I want everybody sitting down. Uh, Give me your undivided attention. I want to talk to you for a few moments about something uh, very important, very important. Uh, I want to talk to you about pressure. Turn to your neighbor and say pressure. Turn to your your other neighbor and say pressure. Pressure. there is, there's good pressure, and then there's, there's bad pressure, negative pressure. Uh, I'll come back another time. We'll talk about good, good pressure. I'll give you one example of good pressure. Uh, a diamond is a, is a piece of coal made good under, under pressure. There's good pressure. We'll talk about that another time. But here's what I know. Every single person in this room facing pressure. I'm going to encourage you to take notes tonight. I'm going to give you some information I believe is going to help you. You could be in middle school. You could be in high school. You could be in college. You could be an adult. You could be a leader. You could be in this room tonight just serving. Here's what I know. Every single person in this room, you're dealing with pressure. Pressure, pressure everywhere, pressure in the culture, pressure from friends, pressure from a boy, pressure from a girl. Everywhere you turn, there's pressure, pressure to fit in. You're on Snap, you're on Instagram, everywhere you turn, there's pressure, all kinds of pressure, pressure from the culture, pressure from the, from the TV shows, pressure from friends, pressure in the schoolyard. Pressure on the block. Everywhere you turn, there's pressure. We're going to read a story in the Bible, just a few verses. Four guys in the middle of pressure. I'll bring you up to speed so we can just get right to it. There's a man named Nebuchadnezzar. He builds a really tall statue. And he tells everybody that when the music starts, I want you to bow to the statue. It was a statue of himself. Daniel chapter 3. He says, anybody who does not bow when the music starts, I throw them into the fiery furnace. That's pressure. We pick up the story and they're in the middle of a pressure situation. Their pressure is different than your pressure. But here's what I know at 43 years of age, regardless of what the pressure looks like, regardless of where the pressure comes from, pressure 
is pressure. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what are we supposed to do with all this pressure? Pressure in the culture, pressure in the home, pressure from the parents that are fighting with each other, pressure from the family that doesn't have enough money. Everywhere we turn, there's pressure. And you're in the building tonight, and you came to church, and you sing the songs, but here's what I know. You don't even have to tell me, and I already know you're facing pressure in your life. But I love this story tonight because I find so much encouragement from these four misfits. Three of them got funny names. The first one is Daniel. He's cool. How many know Daniel? Let me see your hand. Daniel's cool. Then it goes sideways after that. One guy named Shadrach. Anybody know Shadrach? I don't think so. The other guy named is Meshach. Anybody know Meshach? Me either. The other guy, his name is Abednego. Anybody know Abednego? Me either. But the Bible introduces us to four misfits. I'll explain why they are misfits in a moment. But we get to the text. And I told you in verse 1, it says King Nebuchadnezzar built a gold statue. And then listen to what he said in a loud voice. Attention, everyone. Every race, color, creed, listen. When you hear the band strike up, all the trumpets and trombones, the tubas, the baritones, the drums... The symbols fall to your knees and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who does not kneel and worship shall be thrown immediately into the roaring furnace. Verse 7, the band started to play, a huge band equipped With all the musical instruments of Babylon, everyone, every race, color, creed, fell to their knees and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. Look up here. The Bible tells us, we just read the story, there was a whole lot of people. And just just like the king said, when the music starts, everybody bow. When the music starts, how low can you go? (laughs) The Bible tells us that everybody bowed. You know what this teaches me? That it is so easy to do what everybody else does. If you're going to be a misfit, You have to be comfortable not doing what everybody does. I don't get it. Somebody does something, everybody does it. Everybody says something, everybody does it. Somebody posts a video, it goes viral, everybody does it. You know what that teaches me? It's easy to be a follower. It's easy to copy. 
It's easy to do what everybody else does. Ah, but it takes a special kind of person to be a misfit. A misfit says, thanks, but no thanks. A misfit says, I'm good. Everybody bowed. Didn't matter what they taught them at home. Didn't matter what they learned from anybody else. When they heard the music, they bowed. But then we get to verse 8. And the Bible says, just then, some Babylonian fortune tellers came and they said, hey, King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You gave strict orders that when the band started to play, everyone, everyone, say everyone, everyone had to fall to their knees and worship the gold statue. And you said, whoever did not go should bow. Whoever did not go to their knees and worship had to be pitched into the roaring furnace. Here we go. Well, there's some Jews. Their names are Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who you've placed in high positions in the province of Babylon. These men are ignoring you. They don't respect your gods and they don't worship the gold statue you set up. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, misfits don't bow. Okay? Okay? Okay. I want Corey, Aaron, Alex, Dylan. I want you to stand. Okay? Okay? No, no, no. Stay right there. Just stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Let's get the picture. King Nebuchadnezzar builds a gold statue. He says, at my command, when you hear the music, I want you to bow. Every single day you go to school. Every single day you face pressure. Every day your friends tell you got to do this, got to walk like this, got to talk like this, got to listen to this music, got to do this, you got to do this. Everybody's doing this with their boyfriend. Everybody's doing this with this girlfriend. Everywhere you go, pressure, 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 pressure. And you know what happens? If you don't know any better, you think because I'm facing the pressure, my only option is to go with the flow. But I want you to look to your left because this is what it looks like while everyone is sitting down. This is what it looks like when somebody stands up. This This is what it looks like when somebody chooses not to bow. And my challenge and my encouragement to you, I know the pressure is real. I know it's real. But you don't have to bow to the pressure. I told my kids since they were little, in this house, we don't do peer pressure. We live a life that puts pressure on our peers. We do not do peer pressure. We don't. Not in this house. Not in this house. We don't do peer pressure. I don't care that everybody's doing it. I don't care what somebody else's mom does. I don't care what somebody else's dad said. In this house, 
We don't do peer pressure. Now, it doesn't negate the fact that the pressure is real. Come on. How many know hashtag the struggle is real? We out here. It ain't easy. But just because there's pressure doesn't mean we bow. You may be seated. If you're taking notes, number one, write that down. Misfits don't bow. Let's say that together. Misfits don't bow. Louder. Misfits don't bow. Now, remember what the king said. The king said, if you don't bow, we're going to throw you in the furnace right away. Okay? So the king finds out, let's keep reading, furious King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in. When the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar asked, is it true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't respect my gods and refuse to worship the gold statue that I've set up? Look at this. I'm giving you a second chance. But from now on, when the big band strikes, you must go to your knees and worship the statue I made. If you don't worship it, you will be pitched into a furnace. No questions asked. Who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Number two, look up here. Misfits don't bow. Number two, misfits stand up. It's not enough that you don't bow down. I believe that there are some of you in this room, you, you're doing the right thing like Spike Lee. You don't bow. But do you stand? Notice that they get a second opportunity to display loyalty. They get a second chance, which reminds me and tells me that the pressure doesn't stop. The enemy of your soul will pressure you today, pressure you tomorrow, pressure you when you go home tonight, pressure you on Saturday, because the pressure never stops. The king comes and pressures them and turns up the heat and says, if you don't bow, I'll give you a second chance. I'll give you an upper, I'll give you another opportunity to look at that website. I'll give you another opportunity to not go to school when you're supposed to. I'll, I'll give you an upper, another opportunity to look at those photos. I'll, I'll give you another opportunity to swipe up. I'll, I'll give you uh, another opportunity to slide in the DM. I don't know if I'm saying any of this stuff right, but just whatever. I don't know if y'all swiping left, right? Y'all mad confusing. It wasn't that hard when I was growing up to get in trouble. All this swiping got me crazy confused. But now they're facing the pressure. They're not running from the pressure. But they make a decision to stand. And the second go around. And the music starts to play. And the pressure's on. And we meet. A couple of misfits in the Bible 
who make a decision. Not only will I won't bow down, but I'll stand up. Can I encourage you tonight? I believe that for some of you today, you're going to make a decision to stand up. Can I tell you, I used to be low-key misfit. What's a low-key misfit, Pastor Ralph? Low-key misfit is when you repping on Friday like, yo, I'm misfit. We out here misfit. <laughs> yeah? But then you go to school on Monday, yeah. and you got your misfit gear on, but um, when, you, when you roll with your friends, you, you just you zip up the jacket. Because you don't, you don't really want nobody to ask you, like, what's misfit? Because if, if that happens... Then, then you got to stand up, right? And I believe that for some of you tonight, you, you, you coming out, well, I want to be careful how I say that. You, um, you, you, um, you going to stand up. You, you going to stand up. You going you gonna to stand up. You won't be low key anymore. You'll stand up. Yo, man, why don't you ain't come through, man? I went to church. Right? When I was low-key, I used to be like, nah, I'm chilling. <laughs> chilling. Yeah, where you was? Oh, I was? I was with Shorty. <laughs> I ain't tell him Shorty was in church. I was, I was, just, I was just Shorty. Yeah, yeah. Because when you low-key, you're not ready to stand up. But I believe... That today, some of you are going to make a decision to stand up. And when you stand up tonight, it'll be symbolic in the room. But the stand up will carry over to Saturday when you get back to the block. And on Sunday, when you get back to school on Monday and in the cafeteria and in the locker room. Because it's not enough that you don't bow down. My question for you is if you're going to be a misfit, can you stand up? Can you stand up? Can you stand up when you look in the pressure in the face? When, when, you, when you face the threats of, oh, I'm not going to be down. Yeah. I was a cool kid. My biggest fear in becoming a Christian was they're not going to be my friends no more and I'm going to be lonely. And I wasn't used to that because I, I was always running with people, but I had to make a decision. I couldn't hang out on the corner anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't hang out and, and be with my friends while they were telling jokes. It was so hard. Because some of them jokes is mad funny even though they was wrong. And I would be like low-key Christian like in the name of Jesus I'm not going to laugh. And then they say that joke and I'm like, yo, your mom's just. And I would forget. I would forget I'm a Christian. I'm a misfit. Because the, the struggle is, is real. And can I tell you, you're not always going to get it right. I'm over here acting all big like misfits don't bow. I'm 43 years old and sometimes I still bow. I still bow. I forget. I get caught up. I start worrying about stuff. Stupid stuff. Silly stuff. I bow to the anxiety. I, I bow to the depression. I I bow to the envy, I, I bow to the fear, and I, and I forget. Um, but there's a beautiful verse in, in the Bible that says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up. Get up. Get up. Get up. So, so misfits don't bow. You taking notes? So I'm like, nah, man, I was in school all week. I'm tired of taking notes. Number one, misfits don't bow. Number two, 
misfits stand up. Can I, can I give you the last one? This is my, this is my favorite one right here. Um, number three, misfits speak truth. Ooh. Ooh, we this one, this one good right here. It's my, my favorite right here. It's going to be good. It's going to be good right here. Okay. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, um, your threats mean nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from the roaring furnace. And anything else you might cook up, O king, but even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Musicians, come help me, please. Number three, if you're taking notes, misfits speak truth. Say that with me. Misfits speak truth. You know what I love about this moment? This is the one that's going to take a good amount of time. Can I talk to you a little bit about, about misfit? I want you to know that 25 years ago, I was 18 years old. And I was in this room with my friends. My favorite place to pray was right over here. And I was 18 years old. And I was praying for my friends. And I was praying for my generation. And me and my friends believed that God wanted to do something in their generation. Can I tell you, 25 years later, to be in this room tonight looking at another group of kids and another opportunity to impact another generation. I can't tell you how fired up I am. And this point right here is is an important one because this one doesn't happen overnight. The reason why we gather like this on a Friday night is so that we can be together so that we can worship Jesus together, so that we can read the Bible together. Because can I tell you, every time you gather in the presence of the Lord, you know what God is doing? God is planting seeds, precious seeds of his word in your heart. And week after week, and month after month, and year after year, without you even realizing it, you start to develop language. You start to develop words. Because can I tell you, misfits don't bow. Misfits stand up, but misfits speak truth. And I want to encourage you that if you're faithful to God and if you're faithful to this family, can I tell you what's going to start to happen without you even realizing it? You're going to start to develop words and you're going to start to learn language and you're going to be able to codify and you're going to be able to explain exactly what's happening. Can I tell you that It's okay if you can't explain everything that's happening here. Can I tell you that it's okay? None of us have arrived. None of us have all the answers. But the beautiful thing about every time we gather, we learn something about God. We learn something about his presence. You know what I love about these guys? By the time they got to this pressure moment, they knew exactly what was going on. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear how, did you hear how strong they were? They were able to look at a king. 
in a pressure situation, away from mommy and away from daddy and away from family and away from friends. And they were able to stand up and they were like, yo, king, I don't really know you, but check this out. You don't really know me. I already serve a God. I already made a decision. I don't dance. And I don't bow so you can run your mouth and you can say whatever you want. Check this out. My God could deliver me. Let me say one more thing while I'm on the subject. Even if he doesn't, check this out. You ain't never going to catch me slipping. You ain't never going to catch me dancing. And you never going to catch me bowing. And I go, well, 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 what do we have here? How you get a, how you get a misfit? Like that. How you get a young person to stand up in the face of pressure. And then when you press him and he uses his words, he speaks truth. How do you do that? How do you do that? How is that possible? I said all of that to say this. Can somebody tell me what chapter we just read? Raise your hand. Yeah. Daniel chapter 3. You sure? Daniel chapter 3. Okay. Okay. What what is the chapter before 3? 2. 2. 2. What is the chapter before two? One. So before chapter three, there was chapter one. There was chapter two. There was chapter one. Which means in order to get chapter three, we need chapter one. Which means I have to go to chapter one to find out What was going on in chapter 1? Chapter 1, verse 3. Then the king said, go get some of those young misfits from Israel, from the royal family and from the nobility. I'm looking for some young people without blemish, good appearance, skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace. Teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. Verse 6. Among these were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look up here. When the king made a decision, I need you to go find me some young people. I'm looking for some good young people. I'm looking for some strong young people. I'm looking, I'm looking for some, some misfits. The Bible says that they took Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they took them from their crib. They took them from the house. They took them from the family, which tells me whatever was happening in the family time got them ready for the pressure moment. You know why we gather for Misfit on a weekly basis? This ain't a club. This ain't a party. Not a concert. We're trying to get you ready for your chapter three. We're trying to get you ready for the moment when you're in the locker room, when you're, in the, when you're with your friends, when you're not here, when you're in the pressure moment. The only way 
You could be a misfit that doesn't bow. And to be a misfit that'll stand up. And to be a misfit that'll speak truth. We love chapter 3. I don't know a youth pastor in America that hasn't preached chapter 3. But you don't get chapter 3 without chapter 1. Can I just tell you, I believe in this season as a church for misfit, this is chapter 1. This is a new chapter. This is a new opportunity. This is another, every young leader that's in this room, these precious, beautiful young people that are in this room, they're facing pressure right now. They're they're facing pressure right now. You know what our job is? To get them right. You know what our job is? To get them to level up. You know what our job is? To sow seed, to love them, to pray with them, to be with them, to cover them, to protect them. Why? Why? Because one day, you're not going to be with them. And one day, I'm not going to be with them. But here's what I know. When this boy and this boy and my nephew and my nephew, when they find themselves in a pressure situation, here's what I know. They're going to respond not like everybody else. (laughs) Because we already told them and we already taught them and we already indoctrinated them that we don't do peer pressure. So I don't care if everybody's going to Tootsie's after the baseball game. Guess who ain't going to Tootsie's? This misfit right here. Why? Because we don't do peer pressure. We, some of y'all are like, what, what, what's Tootsie's? What, what, is, what is Pastor Ralph talking about? Yeah? <laughs> we don't do peer pressure. We don't do peer pressure. We live a life that puts pressure on our peers. We don't do peer pressure. We don't do peer pressure. Now, I'd be lying to you and we'll pray if I told you that just because I'm spitting and yelling that that by itself is going to cut it. That's not going to do it. We're not making promises. We're going to go to God and say, God, whatever you did for those misfits in the Bible, can you do it for me? When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you receive the strength and the power to do things that you can never do in your own strength. This is why we gather. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to get you ready. We're trying to get you right. Can I tell you that the enemy wants to rob you from your purpose so he'll put things in front of you and make you think you're killing the game and that you're getting over and nobody knows what you're doing in your room But what he's trying to do is to snatch you so he could get your mind and he can get your heart. And once he got you, he could control you. And so what we're trying to teach you is so that you could level up so that when the pressure comes, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I really don't care. Yeah, but my friend, I don't care. Why? Because it's easy to do what everybody's doing. Next time you see somebody doing what everybody else is doing, you know what I want you to say? Boring! No, for real. Boring! Like, can I see something original? You know what the world is looking for? The world is looking for misfits. The world is looking for somebody that's willing to go against the grain. Can I tell you about my friends that used to laugh at me and make fun of me, they would come back around low-key when nobody else was around. Yo, Ralph, yo, I know you go to church, man. I'm sorry for making fun of you, man, but my, my mom is...
dying of cancer, you, you, think, you think you could pray for me? Right? right? And if you don't guard your heart, you're going to be like, oh, now you want me to pray for you? I'll think about it. You were saying all that when he's making fun of me. He called me church boy. But can I tell you, when you're a misfit, and when you, and when you make a decision not to bow, and you make a decision to stand up, and every time God gives you words, you start speaking truth. You don't tell nobody, no, I just had a good weekend. How, every day you go to school on Monday, your friends ask you the same question every weekend. How was your weekend? You got an opportunity to say, yo, my weekend was dope. I was chilling with mom. I went to run some errands Friday night. I was at church. Sunday I went back to church. And I'm like, what, what, yo, yo, run that back? Run that, you, you, you go to church? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Because you're starting to speak your truth. If that's all you know, then just say what you know. Yeah, I just went to church. Yeah, man, what you do at church? Oh, it's chilling, man. We did some hip-hop. We did spoken word. They're going to be like, why run that? Wait, what church you go to? They do hip-hop. They do spoken word. Yeah, why don't you come, why don't you come through on Friday? Bet. I'm going to come through. They got girls? Yeah, mad girls. <laughs> like, yo, they, they, they got some fine brothers there? Yeah, they got some fine brothers there. Just be lying to them. Even if it ain't true, just tell them. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, by faith, just speak it. Then as you get, then as you start to grow and you go to cruise, you start hanging out with your leaders like Dontrell. You start asking questions about the Bible. He starts putting you on. They start teaching you and Dave starts teaching you. You start putting language to it. And then you, you understand what it means to, to be a Christian and you get stronger in your faith. And, and, that, and, 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 you, and you say like the Apostle Paul, I'm not ashamed of the, the gospel because it's the power of salvation and it's little by little. It's little by little. Can I encourage you? I don't care where you are on the journey. I'm just telling you, if you stick with us, if you show up to the family every single week, we're going to get you right. We're trying to get you ready. We're trying to get you to level up. We want you to, we want you to be successful in those pressure moments. I'm telling you, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. You're not going to hear it in the music. You're not going to see it on the movies. You're not going to hear it on the award shows. This is a special place. There's no place like it. Why? Because we're special? No. Because we serve a God who loves you, has a plan for you, plan to prosper you, plan that includes a hope and a future. But can I tell you one more thing, and I'll pray. You know what's so sad about this story? Dave, Dontrell, guys that know this text and study, you know what they would tell you? They're going to tell you what I'm about to tell you. Most of them, even though they came from those homes, those godly homes, those godly families in Israel, all those misfits, when the music started to play, can, can somebody tell me what happened? They bowed. Isn't that sad? You come to church, you claim to be a misfit, you rock the gear, you come to church, and then when the pressure moment comes, you bow. I don't know about you. I got bigger dreams than that. I got bigger vision than that. As a church, we got bigger vision than that. You know what we believe? I've seen it with my very own eyes. I'm not talking to you about anything I haven't already seen. I know what it looks like when God raises up a generation that says thanks, but no thanks. Junior high school, high school, college young adults, they make a decision to say, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. Do I have any misfits in the building tonight? Yeah. 